This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. It's Steve Alexander back with another edition of the Round Ball Stew. It's Thursday, March 3rd. With me, as always, is Raphael Johnson. Raph, what's happening? Not a whole lot. You? N- not a whole lot. I'm wearing my Band of Horses shirt today. Their uh, their new record comes out tomorrow. I'm sure you've been okay. been waiting for that a- anxiously, Raph. Uh, Band of Horses new record tomorrow. It's called Things Are Great. I've heard the whole thing. It's it's pretty uh, spectacular. Uh, you can get a sneak preview of Band of Horses tonight. They are appearing on the Jimmy Fallon show on NBC. So check out Band of Horses tonight. Check out the record tomorrow. It's awesome. I was not paid to do that. I just did it because <laughs> I love that band. Yeah, I'm sure they uh, appreciate it. Ralph, we had a big, big night last night. Big Wednesday, as we like to call it over here. Lots of stuff. Lots of interesting things happened. I know that my fans are waiting for me to talk about Alexei Pokachevsky, but we're going to make you wait a little bit for that. I know, I know that's, that's the marquee name that everybody came here for, but we're going to start with a guy you may not have heard of. His name's James Harden. He had 26, nine and nine with two, three pointers. That was his home debut, right? right yes. Mm-hmm. And Joel Embiid had another monster line, 27 and 12 with a bunch of other stuff. And then Tyrese Maxey, I think he got off to a pretty slow start in that game, had a quiet first half and really came through in the second half, had 20, 25 points, four boards, three assists, four triples. And then Tobias Harris was better than he has been, 14.7 boards, uh, a couple three-pointers. But it looks like Tobias Harris is sort of the odd man out in this rotation to me. Is that what you're feeling, Ralph? Yeah, that's what I'm feeling as well. Um, last night's effort was encouraging, you know, given how much how much of a non-factor he was in the first two games that James James Harden played in. So I think getting Harris more, he only attempted six field goal attempts last night, if I'm not mistaken. So that's still an area where there's some concern on my part because he was comfortably into the double figures on, on shot attempts per night before the trade. So I think what you're hoping for is that the seven rebounds becomes a trend as opposed to maybe a one-off type deal. You can do some things there and two block shots as well. So I think you're hoping for a little bit more in those other areas because I think the scoring is really going to struggle between Harden and Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Well, and it's interesting. Straub and I talked a lot about um, Tyrese Maxey on Monday. And um, we talked about my buddy Peeps, Scott Peoples, college Mm -hmm. buddy of mine. He was like, we were arguing on Facebook and I said, Maxie's scoring is going to have to drop with Harden. there scoring all these points, Harden and Embiid. But so far in three games, Maxie's been just as good, if not better offensively as he was. And that was his assists have dropped, of course, with Harden there. But I'm pretty impressed that he's been able to keep up the scoring 
thus far. I'm still not totally convinced it's going to happen, but I am concerned about Tobias Harris. I don't think you just drop Tobias Harris, but it is concerning. Something that happened in Phoenix last night. Uh, were they in Phoenix? I don't even yes, know. Yes, they were. They were. Uh, Cameron Payne is back, finally. Um, five points, two rebounds, eight assists, two steals, one block, one three-pointer. He played 20 minutes. Uh, Aaron Holiday played, had nine points and nine assists in 28 minutes. So both of those guys were pretty productive. Basically a minute split. It will be a minute split once campaign is ramped up to, to full speed. What do you think? And I like I'm at this point, I'm not sad that I did not jump on the campaign bandwagon and hold him this whole time waiting for him. Am I going to regret that move in a week, Ruff? I think you will. Um, I speak as someone who did hop on that bandwagon and stashed him <laughs> in an IL, IL spot while they sat, because I think he's going to end up at around 30 minutes per game, in my opinion. Um just because of his familiarity with the system and what they like to do. And they can use Aaron Holiday off the ball as well. So I think I don't see Holiday approaching 28 minutes once they get campaign up to full speed. So I think anyone who hopped on that bandwagon and remained patient is in for a very productive next couple of weeks here in the fantasy playoffs. Ralph LaMelo Ball. This was interesting, and I have a vested interest in this because I have him on at least two playoff-bound fantasy teams. Eight minutes. Okay, so I saw that. I, I wasn't, wasn't able to watch the game, but I saw he had eight minutes on my phone and, like, no stats. And, of course, I went and looked at the, the news page to make sure he wasn't hurt. I noticed mm-hmm. he had the four fouls. Was that just a, a way for the Hornets to get him some rest, do you think? Or is something going on that we don't know about with LaMelo? I think he's fine. Uh, we've seen this on occasion where he's been benched during games, you know, just because of a, a string of bad decisions. I think last night it was more about foul trouble than they found something. Terry Rozier played very well. They were able to get more minutes for Kelly Oubre, who played well. Isaiah Thomas, he, is, he isn't a factor as far as fantasy is concerned, but they kind of addressed that backup point guard situation by adding him to the mix. Whether How long he sticks with them remains to be seen, but they have a bit more of a, a, I don't know, margin for error in terms of that position last night that they haven't had in the past where James Rago kind of, he could afford to sit LaMelo for an extended period. That's what he did last night, but I don't think it's something that, that fantasy managers should be too concerned about. I'm glad that I have a bye week in our draft show league right now, or I would be livid that I had to <laughs> sit. There. I mean, I cannot afford for Mello or Luca to take a night off. So mm-hmm. that was pretty disturbing. If you played LaMelo in DFS, obviously that was a killer. One guy mm-hmm. I was not going to touch in DFS was Darius Garland because he was just coming back from an injury. We really didn't know how that was going to go. Same, same with Malcolm Brogdon. We're going to talk about him next. Uh, but Garland, of course, went off for 33 points and five triples. Had seven turnovers, but whatever. Uh, Garland's back. That means bye-bye to Brandon Goodwin, right? Yes. So long. Say la vie. Farewell. It was fun. We had a good time while he was here. Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, another guy I was not going to touch in DFS, but, of course, my buddy Zach who was playing in our little contest with us, went all in on Malcolm Brogdon. 
and the dude racked up 31 points, 11 boards, eight assists, two steals, a block, three triples, played a ridiculous 41 minutes, Ralph. I was shocked at that. That game went to overtime. He also killed it in overtime. Played alongside Tyrese Halliburton, who was great again for the Pacers. 21, six assists, full stat line for Halliburton. What do you make of those two playing together? And are they prepping us for next year to show us to run that out there? I think if you have Brogdon rostered, that's your hope because that would kind of protect him from being a shutdown candidate. Now, with that lingering Achilles issue, I think that's the big concern there is that at some point, the Pacers front office will say, you know what, let's, let's, tamp, let's bring this guy down in minutes, if not just sit him out right. But if they consider him and Halliburton to be their backcourt of the future, then you may want to get a longer look at those two together, see how, chemi- how they establish chemistry and how they build on that. They looked really good together last night. So I think if you if you have Brogdon Rossard, you definitely want this to be a situation in which the Pacers are sold on those two being together and, and being their backcourt of the future because then he's going to play plenty down the stretch, even with the Pacers being well out of play in tournament consideration. Ralph, would you agree with me that you're going to try to avoid Brogdon next year in drafts? I just feel like the guy is always hurt. No, I think it's more about where, where in draft we're talking about. I don't think I'd use him. I'd take him like the fifth round, but if he's available in like the seventh or eighth, I would probably make that leap personally. He shouldn't be available that late, but I think I'm just, I'm just off the Malcolm Brogdon train. Like he's just not a Dr. A type of player. You know, he's just not, our our roster's too good. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But he's, he's really not. I, I just don't like guys who miss games. It seems like he misses games every single year. All right, staying in Indy, the big men. Everybody wants to know Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson. Are you picking these guys up? Are you Jalen Smith was what fifteen points, fifteen boards, and a triple last night. Mm-hmm. He got ejected the game before that for arguing uh, way too long about a call he shouldn't have been arguing about. And then Isaiah Jackson last night had sixteen and seven. He was. Um, he was, he was in some foul trouble, but yeah. I, I, both of those guys looked really good again last night. Yeah, I think they're both definite pickups right now. Smith isn't going to take on that type of workload coming off the bench if Jackson stays out of foul trouble, but they're both going to play plenty. There's no reason why the Pacers wouldn't give those guys all the minutes they can handle. I don't think Miles Turner is going to be back this season, and even so, I think it would be too late for him to have an impact in the fantasy playoffs. And I think they've seen all they need to see out of Gogo Batadze at this point. So I'd be all in on, on Jackson and Smith, and I think the Pacers will be as well. Yeah, Bogus8 uh, asked a question that I posted up here about drop Levert for Jalen Smith. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. I think dropping Miles Turner for Jalen Smith works, mm-hmm. and probably dropping either one of those guys for Isaiah Jackson works as yeah. well. I think Jackson and Smith are both going to play the rest of the way. Miles Turner is was so excited to play with Halliburton. I would not be shocked if he came back and played a little bit. But like Ralph said, it's probably going to be too little, too late, if it even happens at all. Who knows how long you're going to be sitting there waiting for it. Everybody's playoffs are getting ready to start. There's no time to time to lose here. I'm I'm keeping Miles Turner stashed in my IR for now, but yeah. uh, I'm not really counting 
on seeing him again this season. So Roth, um, somebody, somebody, a little birdie told me that you are all out on Alperin Shengun. You have jumped off the bandwagon. Did you now when you jumped off the bandwagon and it was moving at a high rate of speed, were you able to avoid hurting your ankles and knees? Did you suffer any injuries? I did not suffer any injuries, and that little birdie was me, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, last night's matchup wasn't an easy one. You think about Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. So it's no surprise that he really struggled, but they're not really letting him play through those struggles. He only got 18 minutes last night. He's usually been about around that 22-25 minute range. And I think myself and a lot of people thought that once they traded Daniel Tice, high 20s, maybe low 30s in terms of minutes per game for Shangun, now it make him a really good option for, you know, fancy playoffs, but it hasn't happened. So I I don't think I'm going to be hanging on that. I'm off that bandwagon, and I wouldn't blame anybody else if they hopped off in light of last night's performance either. But part of the reason he only played 18 minutes is because he fouled out, right? Yeah, true. And he did miss all six six of his shots. So I mean, it was a, that's a pretty rough night for Shen Yun. And I I'm afraid we're getting we're getting really close to where I said like three months ago. I hope we are not getting close. To, I hope we're still not saying in March. Man, we're still waiting for Shen Yun to get going. And here we are. It's March. We're still waiting for Shen Yun. Um, I'm still hanging in there with him where I can. But it, it's not it's not easy. It hasn't been easy all year. It's not easy right now. And what a terrible game he played last night. Now, did Jay Sean Tate get uh, hurt last night? Um, I, feel like, I feel like he did. I cannot recall off the top of my head, to be honest. Well, let's let's take a quick look because I think that's important to. Yeah. This story, if we're going to talk about KJ Martin, um, yep, left ankle did not return after halftime, which yes. in turn opened the door for KJ Martin to have one of the best games of his NBA career. So, yeah. yes, so KJ Martin had 20 points, seven boards, two assists, steal a block, four triples. Uh, his short answer there is if Jay Sean Tate's going to miss time, KJ Martin's a good pickup hmm. and a good play. Uh, I think if Jay Sean Tate's going to play, I don't trust KJ Martin. Kevin Porter Jr. returned last night, 16 points, 12 assists. Did not shoot it well, of course. Had some turnovers, of course. Played 40 minutes. Had some pretty big shots late in that game also. I'm still all in on Kevin Porter Jr. I've been with him all year. Still my guy. Uh, He comes with a lot of of baggage and a lot of stuff that that we don't love necessarily, especially in fantasy. But if he's if he's out there, I'm going to have him in my lineup. And and as far as I'm concerned, Jalen Green can't do anything wrong right now. 27 points, four assists, four triples. You look at Jalen Green's game log, and he's just been on fire for the last two weeks. Right. Yeah, I agree completely on, on both of those points. Um, Porter, even with the field goal percentage and turnover issues, he's going to play plenty. And he can get you those high assist numbers like he did last night. So I think the concern there is him just staying healthy. You know, he's been banged up quite a bit in recent weeks. So 
that's the concern. You don't want to end up losing him for two or three games because of an ankle injury or something like that. But Jalen Green has been outstanding. Like, this is the player that a lot of people expected when the season began. Just took him a bit longer to get it, get into his groove. The game seems to be slowing down for him in terms of scoring. He's done some distribution as well. So, really good time to have Jalen Green. And I mean, I'm kind of interested to see where, where this kind of lands him in terms of preseason ADP numbers for next year. Thank you. He was one of those rookies that a lot of people reached for in the mid-rounds, and it kind of burned him. But I'm interested to see where he goes in drafts ahead of next season. Yeah, and and unlike every other week that we've talked about Houston up to this point, uh, they do not play two games next week. They play four. Yeah. So that that's good news. They Their schedule is actually pretty good. They're in the middle of a four-game week right now. They go four next week. Then they play three, and then they finish up four, four, three. So lots of big weeks coming for Jalen Green and hopefully KPJ. And, you know, we talk about silly season a lot with the Oklahoma City Thunder. We are not far away from potentially seeing silly season for those Houston Rockets either. So Gabe Vincent. Okay, guys, I I keep threatening to drop Kyle Lowry. And if – the Heat did not play four games in this upcoming week. He would have been gone by now. Like, I am over it. I don't know. And I know he may be going through some stuff. And it, this isn't about that. Um, it's just about I need healthy bodies yeah. for my fantasy playoffs right now. And uh, the last time Kyle Lowry was on a personal leave, it went on and on. And, and he missed nine getting, games. Yeah. We were not getting any details, no updates. For some reason, this kind of feels the same way to me. So Gabe Vincent, 21 points, six assists, five triples. Nice night. Where are you with – I mean, when do you think Lowry's going to come back? I mean, no matter what we say, we're just totally guessing because we just don't know. I'm not sure. And for that reason, I think Gabe Vincent is a hold even when Lowry returns just because, you know, we don't know if something else may come up where he has to step away from the team for a bit longer. And Vincent has been in the rotation even when Lowry has been present. He just hasn't played as much or had the ball in his hands as much. So I kind of feel like he's someone that if you have him, you're going to want to hold on to him, even if Lowry has announced his returning to the team. Yeah, and I think it makes sense to pick him up right now because Miami plays four times next week. We don't know if Lowry's going to be back for those. The week after that, Miami only plays twice. Yeah. So I can probably guarantee you that Kyle Lowry will be dropped by me in three leagues um, after next week, uh, assuming he's still on my team by next week. But he should he should still be on my squad. I, I, I need those games out of him next week. But to me, Gabe Vincent's a solid pickup right now, uh, regardless of what's happening with Lowry. Ralph, should I read this promo first or talk about my boy first? Let's Let's build up the suspense a little more. Don't miss a very special edition of Bet the Edge. Game time this Monday from 6 to 7 Eastern, leading into the Bulls-Sixers game. Matt Bernier, Drew Dinsick, and other members of our NBC Sports Edge crew will be live NBC Sports Chicago and Philadelphia's Plus Channel, breaking down player props, game lines, and futures in the association leading up to tip-off. And if you don't have access to NBC Sports Chicago and Philly, no sweat. The show is planning to be live on their respective YouTube channels as well. So get ready for that. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You know, Ralph, I said this guy, Pokeshevsky, let's get out of the way. I predicted like some ridiculous 27.12 rebound line by tonight at midnight. So he has mm-hmm. to do that. He has to get that tonight. That was a little overreach. It was an overreaction, as Andy once said on The Office. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little overstretch, overreach. I don't think it's possible for him to score 27 points in an NBA game, looking back on it, but... Nonetheless, last night he got off to a great start in the first quarter. He actually started because Aaron Wiggins uh, was out with his injured ankle, so they put Poku at center. Nine points, 11 boards, three assists, two steals, two blocks, a three-pointer. I think his his FanDuel score was something like 37, 38 points. Pretty yeah. sweet. People have been making fun of me for hyping Pokashevsky for the last couple of weeks. Where are you on the Pokashevsky uh, bandwagon meter? I'm all in. I think I'm all in at this point. Um, he's put up some really good overall stat lines in recent games. And I think the encouraging thing is Mark Daniels saying before the game, when they announced he's going to start, he's earned the opportunity to do so. So obviously they're paying attention to what he's doing and the way that he's performing. And they're not going anywhere this season. They're going to want to be able to, they're going to want to see as much as they can out of guys like Pokushevsky between now and the end of the regular season. So he's not a risk to be shut down at all. If he's available, you cannot hesitate to pick him up because he's probably going to be off the board when he, once you click that button. <laughs> oh, I like to hear that, Ralph, because as you can probably guess, I've got Pokashevsky shares everywhere, even though they only play three times next week. Yeah, um, it's I'm worth still it. trying to hold him where I can because mm-hmm. they go four times the week after that. Now, they're playing a bunch of guys, and I, I don't even have them all written down in front of me, but the, to the two rookies, um, like one's name is Dor and the other is Christic. Like, those guys are even playing minutes now. I don't think they're yeah, going to pick There you got it. Olivier Saar played 14 minutes. Then um, Vic Krejci played 21. Lindy Waters, who recently signed to a two-way, he played 19 minutes. So, Yeah. Basically, if you're healthy, you're playing. Yeah, and I'm speaking of which, I'm surprised that Shea Gildas Alexander is still out there, but yeah. they're letting him rip right now. And uh, who knows when we're going to see Giddy again? 
Um, who knows when we're going to see Lou Dort again? Darius Baisley, it feels like he could he could have a sore back approaching any day now because he's playing a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kid it's kid time in OKC. And speaking of which, Isaiah Roby last night, career yeah. night, right? Twenty six mm-hmm. points, seven boards. He blocked Nikola Jokic's shot twice. Um, and they beat the Nuggets. The Thunder beat the Nuggets. Roby looked awesome. And, it, you know, if they played four games next week, I'd be all about that guy, too. But I, regardless of how many games they play, I think you got to think about picking him up, too. Yeah. I think we're at the point he's in a similar spot as Pokashevsky, where unless they're playing two games, which obviously they aren't, I think you have to pick him up, even to three. Like you noted, they play four the next week. So you need to get him now, get on that bandwagon now. And the thing that the coaching staff has been saying about Pokushevsky, I wanted to, I wanted to hit on that because you mentioned it. Um, they were worried about his stamina mm-hmm. because he, he he couldn't run a lot last year. He'd get tired and could only do short spurts. They said his stamina is way better this year than it was last year. And one of the things coach wanted to see was him diving on the floor for loose balls. And like the last three games, he's been on the floor diving for loose balls yeah. and really putting in a ton of effort and doing things the way they want him to do them. And I think they're like, okay, it's time. Let's, let's let this guy play and, and do his thing. So uh, pretty sweet. Agreed. Landry Schmidt filled in for Devin Booker, who was in the protocols uh, last night. Schmidt had 12 points, three boards, one assist, one steal, two triples. Is he worth streaming with Devin Booker out? Probably. Would you put a waiver claim in for Landry Schmidt? I probably would not at this point. Plus the way they, they redid the protocol rules, Booker may not even be out that long. And Ralph, I think you you actually are the, the leader here in that Cam Johnson is the guy. Yeah. With all these injuries in Phoenix to Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker, like Cameron Johnson's the guy, right? Yeah, he's sixty two percent rostered in Yahoo, so he's gonna be tougher gonna be tougher to pick up right now than he was, say, a couple weeks ago. But I think if anything Booker's absence has kind of preserved the value that Johnson had in the immediate, you know, aftermath of Chris Paul going down, where we saw Cameron Johnson getting more opportunities. He moved into the starting lineup. Payne coming back, moved him back to the six-man role, but he was able to preserve that value with Booker being sidelined. So I think that's the biggest takeaway from last night's game. I don't see much to, to be had in, in rostering Shamit at this point. So I think Cameron Johnson's the guy. And one thing I will say is that the Suns go four games next week, four games the week after that. When I was panicking about my draft show league, which, again, has a bye week because I had the best record in that league, just saying, uh, even though Jared Johnson keeps telling me I had a points team in a head-to-head league, that points team still still got it done. But I panicked because I looked at it for this next upcoming week like I only have three guys that were playing three games and that's just not very many. I know I'm either going to be playing you or I'm going to be playing Jared. And I'm a little frightened of that, that I had this great regular season. I'm going to get knocked out of the first round, second round of the playoffs. But um, one of the guys I picked up is Jay Crowder because the Suns play four times this week. He was available on the waiver wire. Uh, he had 15 points, five boards, four assists, five steals last night, Rob, two triples. So Jay Crowder has been playing well for several weeks now. 
as long as you're not expecting too much from him offensively, I think he'll be okay just because of what he can give you in the other categories. But, yeah, it's nice to see him knock down a few shots. It's been nice to see him knock down a few shots on a consistent basis recently. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he'll generally hit double figures for you. And with, yeah. with Chris Paul and Devin Booker out right now, like you said, it's Cameron Johnson, Landry Shamet, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Aiden. Like, that's that's it. Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Mikhail yeah, Bridges. Yeah. My bad, Mikhail. <laughs> uh, uh, Mo Bamba. He's making a comeback, right? Like he played well on Monday night, I think it was, and then Wednesday, 19 points, 12 boards, steal block, two threes. There was a minute there where he was not doing anything and everybody was dropping Mo Bamba left and right. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I can see I can see the upside, obviously, and I can see people who may be tantalized by that. I just feel like we've been burned a few too many times for me personally to go back in on the Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba bandwagon. I would prefer Franz Wagner personally. All right. I'll take a flyer on Mo for four games next week. Wagner should be owned almost everywhere, I would hope. Yeah. Another big night for him, 28, four triples. How about Wendell Carter Jr., Ralph? Another double-double, 13 points, 18 boards, five assists, a steal, and a block. He had six turnovers. I don't care. I did not know that this kid that we saw playing in Chicago the last couple of years had this game in him, but he's doing it every night right now. Yeah, he's looked awesome. I think you recall the, the reactions to his contract extension. Was it $50 million over four years? And people were, were stunned given the, the lack of production in Chicago, obviously, and then the injury issues as well. But he's played well all season long, and last night he was excellent in terms of the, the, full, the full stat line. So lots of like there, 88% rostered. I just kind of wonder where will he be drafted next season? Um, because I think Bamba was the guy that people reached for in the past when we look at Orlando big men. Could Wendell be that guy going into next season? That's a pretty good question. Um, of course, Mr. Invisible for the Orlando Magic, Jonathan. Uh, Mr. Isaac. Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. I mean, are we going to see Jonathan Isaac next year? And is he going to mess up Wendell Carter Jr. Swerve? I have no idea, man. Like, I haven't seen Jonathan Isaac in so long. I literally forgot his name. That's that's sad, both on my part and his. Uh, I don't know, man. Chuma Okiki's playing decent these days, but he he was rough last night. Two of ten last night, five points, decent line. I don't really trust him enough to put him into a playoff lineup. I don't think. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it either. Donovan Mitchell went nuts. Rudy Gobert played great. Mike Conley had a good night. I mean, I don't doubt that most of those guys, any of those guys are available in any leagues. Maybe yeah. Conley's floating out there somewhere. Um, I think the, the big Conley question is he's at six-round value right now, and they're talking about ramping up his minutes as they get ready for the playoffs. Could he possibly push top 50? Are we concerned about possible injuries springing up? I think that's the question there because, like he said, none of those guys are going to be available in any league, obviously. Like, to me, Conley is sort of like Kyle Lowry. Like, he's quiet, quietly gets it done, 
do I feel like I need to have him in my lineup to have success? Not really, but, and I think he was, he had a quiet first half last night and really yeah. kind of came on in the fourth quarter. It was mm-hmm. in clutch threes in that game. So I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, and also that was an overtime game. So the, the fact that jazz needed the overtime to, to beat the Rockets is pretty funny, but yeah, Conley, I doubt Conley can become a top 50 player. Do you think he can? Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think he'll be that far off, but I don't think he'll crack that threshold by season's end. The Bucks big three came through. Um, they beat the Heat. Drew Holiday had 25 and 11. Giannis had 28-17. Just another ho-hum monster game. Chris Middleton went crazy. I don't know as much to say about the Bucks, Ralph, other than the the East. The Eastern playoffs are going to be pretty fun. Philly is all of a sudden scary. Brooklyn supposedly is going to be scary at some point, maybe one day. And we're going to see Kevin Durant what tonight, right? Thursday night. Kevin Durant is back. Kevin Durant. So that'll tell us a lot. We'll see how. We'll see if the see if the Nets can get things turned around. Uh, the Bucks look incredible. The Heat are the number one seed in the East without a legit MVP candidate on that team. Should be fun, man. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, let's see here. Bones Highland. Yeah, yeah, we need to talk about Denver because their starters were absolutely terrible last night. <laughs> Jokic, 22-16, four assists, two steals, six turnovers. The four assists is probably jump off the page because no one could make a shot in that starting lineup. Their starters were combined one for 25 from three. That's that's absolutely incredible. Like I don't know if that's worthy of like a trophy or something, but... That is really bad shooting. What is that? 4%? That's 4% from three. <laughs> One for 25. You know, Will Barton's been really bad lately. Yeah, he's really struggled. And, you know, but Bones Highland and Brent Bryn Forbes had good nights off the bench, which is good. But, yeah, they really need Michael Porter Jr. back. And he's coming, right? Like, mm-hmm. Should he's ramping up. Yeah. So are you picking up Michael Porter Jr.? I kind of feel like it's going to be too late in terms of fantasy for him to have an impact because I don't think they're going to give him starters minutes right away. They're going to progressively kind of ramp him up. And by that point, I don't think there's going to be much value to be had in terms of fantasy playoffs personally. I I have not picked him up anywhere. And it's not because I don't love Michael Porter Jr., but I'm like, I'm like you, but I, I don't, it's almost like my fantasy team chemistry. I don't want to throw <laughs> I don't want to throw him in the middle of it and have him yeah. throw all my swerve off, you know, like what if he what if he sits out? What if he has a setback? I I don't know, man. I, I by the time I'm going to be mentally prepared to deal with picking up Michael Porter Jr., he's going to be gone everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I've already written him off and and convinced myself that I'm not going to have him this year so did you want to talk about brandon ingram at all um i mean he just destroyed the kings as usual yeah um cj mccollum played well that's really the first huge game we've seen out of brandon ingram since since mccollum got there yeah i think that's the big takeaway there you know that it's good to see him kind of go off and 
obviously with the bottom of that West playoff picture being what it is, I would not be surprised if the Pelicans made a run for that 10th seed. All right, Ralph, we're going to do two viewer questions right. and then we are out of here. Not, we're not going to do 20 viewer questions like I did last week or whatever that was. I was <laughs> a little, I got a little out of control. got a little too excited. Uh, Dav2099 asks, pick up Devin Vassell for either Levert or Westbrook. My first reaction to that is, yes, you want Vassell on your team no matter what it takes. The Spurs go 4-4 over the next two weeks. Roth, if I'm, I mean, as, as hard as it is to see what's going on in L.A. with Russell Westbrook right now, because it's, it's pretty rough, he's healthy and he's playing unlike Levert. Like, I'm not dropping Russell Westbrook just to pick up another guard right now. Yeah, I would hold off on on dropping Russell. But if it's for Levert, I'd definitely make that move. You would drop Levert for Vassal? Mm -hmm. I would, too. I would, too. Let's see if we got another question here. Um, It's a long question, but we're going to go with it. PGB... Geo said, my anxiety is picking up. I hear you, dude. Playoffs start in 10 days. Should I be concerned about Io losing value during the playoffs? I don't need any more wins. I clinched the playoffs. I'm seeing guys like Roby picked up steam while I'm sitting on Io's value, which might be decreasing when it matters most. So what the I think what the question actually is without actually asking it is when Lonzo Ball and Help me, Ralph. Help me. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso. When those two dudes are back from injury, is Io going to be useless? And I think it's a valid question. And mm-hmm. useless is a strong, a strong term. Yeah. Because he's not going to be useless. They love him. They love having him in the starting lineup. He's playing 35 minutes a night. He had a big game the other night. He scored 18. Had a bunch of goodies with it. Um, I don't think Io is just going to go away. But you cannot bring back Caruso and Ball and throw them into that lineup and have it not adversely affect Io. So yeah. I think you have every reason to be concerned. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, at this point, you really need to be on the lookout for guys that, that have the appearance that are going to play high 20s, low 30s every night um, because he's not going to be at that level. He'll still be in a rotation, obviously, but he won't be playing the minutes that he's playing right now once they get Ball and Caruso back in the fold. And if that happens in your, when you're in the middle of a playoff run, that could be really damaging to your chances of winning a title. So, Ralph, would you – let's do this. Would you drop uh, Io DeSumo for Pokashevsky right now? I would. Um, I know obviously the, the difference in positions may result in you having to juggle your, your your roster a bit, but I would just because of the amount of time that he's playing and the defensive stats that Pokushevsky can get you, the rebounding as well. So I would make that move. And another thing that is concerning here is the, the Bulls play three games next week and three games the week after that. Mm-hmm. So even if you – even if we don't see Lonzo and Caruso back in the next 10 days or whatever, um, the Bulls don't have a great schedule anyway. So it's that time of year where you kind of, you got to kind of weigh, do I want this yeah. three game guy or do I want this four game guy? And I, I think any of the thunder, well, Pokashevsky and Roby that we talked about, I think those are guys you go pick up. I, I don't know. I it's, 
I, I'm not just going to run out and drop IO to drop IO right now, but it's time to think about it because you're right. Those guys are coming and he's, his uh, role is going to take a hit. So, all right, that does it for another Thursday edition of the Round Ball Stew. I will be back on Friday with Straup and Jonas to do some waiver wired. Uh, and then Ralph will be back for the 5x5 five five next week as well as Thursday again. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Ralph, have a good weekend, all right? All right thanks. You do the same. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.